Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be spunkier, smarter, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today I welcome my very, very special guest, Mary Pat Kavanaugh. Mary Pat is an internationally renowned speaker and trainer supporting business owners and entrepreneurs with skill building for sustainable and sustainability leadership. Formally trained by Cambridge University's Sustainability Leadership Programming and Brene Brown's Dare to Lead Teaching and informally trained by over 30 years of entrepreneurial experience, she has owned and operated nine businesses, allowing her to assist hundreds of businesses and entrepreneurs to achieve greater profits, increase productivity, and overall success. Her current businesses include Strategic Results, a full-service marketing agency specializing in organic online brand management, and her latest MPK brand, a leadership empowerment consultancy. Welcome, Mary Pat. I want to just say before we dive into the meat of the questioning that Mary Pat and I have had a long, long relationship with one another. We met back in 2009 or 10 through a colleague of ours who was also a guest on the show, Nancy Marmalejo. She was the original connecting link between the two of us. Mary Pat, I've hired to work with her in the past. She and I have been collaborative partners over the last uh, almost a year with one another in kind of a strategic support uh, structure where we work together with each other to support each other through a variety of um, activities that we're engaged in. And I love Mary Pat so much because she's also a soul sister, and I'm just so grateful that you're here with me today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. Yeah, so I want to just dive in a little bit, Mary Pat, because you are one of those people who I have had on my own path who has consistently been able to sustain yourself through a lot of ups and downs in business and in life. And you have this strong, irreplaceable core essence that we were talking about before we got on the show in the green room that allows you to, to pick yourself up when you've fallen down, allows you to show up fully for your team and your business and your family. And so I'd love to have you talk a little bit about, about that core essence. And if there's kind of a backstory about that, maybe from your family or your origin story that might help us to get to know a little bit more about that core essence that just has so much strength. I'd love to have you share that. How many generations back do we go on this one? Let me go with the present generation, which is that my background, I come from, you know, an Irish. Kavanaugh is extremely Irish. In fact, I am first generation. 
My father moved to the United States in the 60s. So I was his firstborn. And my mother is just a couple generations removed from her Irish, English, Scottish heritage. And so I am steeped in all of the wonderful things that 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 means embracing my Irish heritage and all of the potential um, hardships that this culture and society has endured for thousands of years. And I feel it in my bones, but I didn't know that until recently. I mean, I grew up just thinking I was a normal kid. And when I went off to college, I ended up staying close to home. I was living in Tucson, Arizona at the time. And I wanted to go away and then decided that, no, I'm not really ready to go away. I'm a young graduate from high school. Um, I was still 17 and I thought I'm going to play it safe and just go to the local university here. I was the first person in my family to go to university and graduate. So that was from my, from my father's side of the family. And so that was kind of a momentous occasion. And I knew there was importance with that. And um, about the day or the day after I was moving into the dorms because Tucson's a big city. My mom dropped me off at college and said, I have news for you. We're moving back to California. And I said, you are? She said, yes. I said, when? She said, this weekend. So essentially, I got dropped off at college. (laughs) There was no safety net. And that was kind of the theme of my life for many, many years. My adventures that a lot of people look at me and think, wow, I can't believe that. How did you do that? It was not on purpose. It wasn't my purpose. It was on purpose. It wasn't what I was striving for. I thought I was going to the traditional model. There's no entrepreneurs in my family. None, 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 none. They don't exist. I come from no entrepreneurs. Um, I come from the safety of, you know, You remember the baby boomers that all after the depression, they got jobs in government places because they were stable and dependable. That was the stock that I was bred from. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just ended up out of the nest in a very, very different place. And from that moment going forward, everything changed. Mm -hmm. I ended up falling into entrepreneurship over the next couple of years venturing into the furniture industry. I met a man, of course, and I was very young. I think I was maybe 20 years old. His family was entrepreneurial. He didn't have the risk taker gene that entrepreneurs need to have. And somehow I had that in me, even though I wasn't of that entrepreneurial stock. And I was a visionary and he was a visionary. So I was able to kind of express myself and practice in a space that um, it was expected. And my, again, my family in the eighties, right. My family was in another state. So that meant that we scheduled a conversation on the phone, on a pay phone once a month, right. 10 minutes, maybe because they were expensive. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I mean, that was the extent of my connection going home on just the big holidays, not the small holidays, and making my way through and navigating that. So to fast track through 
that next decade of my life, I got married about the time we had our second or third business. It was in retail furniture, Tucson. We moved up to Prescott, Arizona and bought a cafe. Did we know anything about running a cafe? No, but we were in our twenties. And when you're in your twenties, you don't have to know the answers to anything to just be able to say yes and do things. You lose that afterwards. But I was really in over my head. I didn't know how to cook. I had taken a vow as a teenager to my mother's dismay that I would never learn how to cook. And I would somehow figure out how to make enough money so people could cook for me. I hated cooking. I hated all of the things that emulated being that stay-at-home mom. My mom was a lovely, wonderful, built to be the stay-at-home mom. I was exactly the opposite. And so this is just kind of how the universe played through me. And at 25 years old, I found myself divorced with two babies, a two-year-old and a two-month-old, owning a restaurant and running it. I let go of the um, furniture store. Yeah. And then just, you know, life just kept going on. So those were the, the early days. Yeah. So I want to, I want to stop you because there's so much, there's so much richness right in here that I want to, I just want to surface for the listeners. And I want to point us in the direction of some of the work that you're doing now. I want to underscore for the listeners that you come from this deeply rooted, like cultural framework of the Irish, right? But your dad went for like the stability of this post-war, you know, the vision of this stable kind of lifestyle where you went to work every day, you did your job, you came home, eventually at the end of your life, when they had drained all the life force out of you, you got the watch and off you went. And you have somehow broken that chain in your own life because you had this risk-taking gene, but you also have pointed yourself towards like sustainability. And so what I'm curious about in this conversation is a couple of things. One is you literally had your entire support structure, your familial support structure severed mm -hmm. as soon as you went to college, but somehow you have found a way internally, maybe spiritually, maybe you know, with practices that you've developed for yourself to create so enough support to be able to continue to move ahead, even when you are taking risks and going into places that you had no business even going into, like the restaurant business. So I want to talk about this whole idea of sustainability and self-leadership and self-support that somehow magically has been created in and through you. And, and a little bit maybe about the difference between this idea of being in some kind of stability that really was false right? Mm -hmm. It only lasted for that generation. And so as a result, in our generation, we actually had to become creative and self-sustaining. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about that. We have maybe two minutes before the break. So maybe start and we'll pick up something on the, the backside of the break about it. Pick whatever you'd like to out of that kind of not really question question. <laughs> You know, I think that the sustainability, I mean, there's two pieces here. One, 
again, my, my story is always, I accidentally, I either accidentally got into something or I thought it was a really great idea. And it was really premature for my time. When I had the restaurant business, um, I opened a coffee cart. Well, this was the mid nineties and this was pre Starbucks. It was premature (laughs) to have a coffee cart in a shopping center and to be charging three or four dollars a glass when people were used to 75 cents a cup. And that's been a lot of my like, I saw the potential, I knew it was something really important and powerful. And, um, but I didn't realize that it was going to be so far into the future that I would need to sustain that for. Um, going into leadership. So I I launched strategic results over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And a number of years ago, I've, you know, since moved to Ireland. And before I moved to Ireland, back to my roots to really find and reconnect with who I am and figure out like where I am from, because that question always eluded me. I was never able to be confidently answer that question. Mm-hmm. And um, before I got here, I thought I'm going to really beef up my leadership stuff. Like I I qualify as a leader. I've led organizations, I've led businesses, but I don't have any qualifications. I'm doing air quotes around this word. Mm -hmm. So I leaned into the Brene Brown uh, Dare to Lead programming, which I just love, love, loved. And then shortly thereafter, I jumped into the Cambridge University sustainability program. Now, a little secret about me that most people don't know, I thought I was diving into sustainable leadership. That's what I was signing up for. Mm. On the first class, I realized it was sustainability leadership, which is way bigger, a lot more responsibility, requires way more in this world than just me. Mm. And, And I realized in that moment, like... This is my whole entire life. I always thought I was signing up and and staying small because that's where I was comfortable. And I always ended up somewhere way bigger and more important than what I meant to do. Ah, in your own mind. All right. Well, yeah, we're going to take a short break, Mary Pat. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about your business and how you help people uh, with sustainability and leadership and all the other fun things. But right now, we are going to take a quick break. Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We are celebrating our second anniversary, and this show is part of our second anniversary blitz that we're doing. And so I want to just celebrate that as well. And we are now being downloaded in 84 countries around the world, including Ireland. So um, my family of origin is Irish, English, and Scottish as well on both sides. And so I want to shout out to the Irish, the English, and the Scottish who are tuning in to our show and say a big thank you to our listeners from all over the world. And we will be right back with Mary Pat Cavanaugh. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? 
Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Mary Pat Cavanaugh. Before we went to the break, we were talking a little bit about sustainability and versus stability and leadership and how she ended up where she is at now and how she's going to talk about pioneering because that's really what she has been doing for most of her life is pioneering and seeing potential and how that corresponds for entrepreneurs and business owners with building sustainable leadership in their businesses. So if you'd like to find out more about her, she can be reached at www.marypatspeaks.com. We're going to have that in the show notes for you. And Mary Pat, what are they going to find when they get there? What are you speaking about now? How are you helping people now with all that you have acquired for skills and experiences in your many, many years of entrepreneurial leadership? So I'm really a pragmatic person and So my methodology of teaching really takes what's out there and distills it down to really tangible, easy to consume pieces. So I'm very much about the skills that you can develop more so than who you were born as in this world, or I am about learning, like, here's three things you can do right now to be more confident to do those things that seem impossible, to be afraid and do it anyhow. I'm actually against the idea of eradicating fear. I feel like fear is something that serves us in a lot of different ways, but getting really clear about why you should be doing something and what that should be, and then getting out there. Mm -hmm. Well, could you give our listeners maybe three tips right now? that would help them to sustain themselves as leaders? Because I think that's where it actually starts, if I'm not mistaken. Would that be fair to say? It really is. And for me, the reason why sustainable Mm -hmm. is so important is because I burned myself out many times over Mm -hmm. and practically killed myself and just got to the point where I couldn't hardly lift my head. And it was exhausting and lonely. Those two things, exhausting and lonely. So now I am very committed to being connected and creating opportunities for people to be connected because you don't have to be alone. And also as a really type A personality, like motivated, I can, you know, survive and even thrive and get through anything. And that's exhausting. So how can we succeed and really serve ourselves at the same time in a way that allows us to get through this life 
enjoying every step of the way instead of waiting to get there, which you never do get there, by the way, Mm -hmm. to really celebrate. So a a few things that I believe are really important skill sets that everybody can learn. One is emotional agility, just the literacy, understanding yourself. And it starts with yourself. Mm -hmm. When you can be self-aware, you can start to manage yourself Only then can you be socially aware and notice what's happening around you and the energy. You know, a lot of us feel what's out there, but not everybody understands what that is or where it's coming from or why it's happening. Mm. So really starting with this self-awareness and emotional literacy, and there it's a really small step over to the, you know, self-awareness to the emotions. So the other thing that's really, really important here is embracing emotions Mm -hmm. in business for so many years, the mantra that, you know, it's, it's not personal, it's just business. Mm. And Angel, you and I, like we have been out there on the line, we have hit the walls and jumped over them and been told a lot of things. And this is just one thing that is not true. Mm. It is not, you know, business is personal, Mm. especially when um, you're looking at sustainability. And so the difference between sustainable and sustainability, sustainable is me being able to get through and enjoy it along the way. Sustainability is our legacy. It's what's bigger than us. It's the impact that requires collaboration. It requires valuing people. And so we need to value people. And so business is personal if you want it to have a lasting impact. Yeah, beautiful. So some of the things that I heard in that little piece were connection is important, self-care in terms of emotional agility, self-awareness of your emotional agility, self-awareness of your own emotions that then extends into social awareness of emotions. But I think I have to agree with you. The most important piece that you've brought to the table is you're here to actually bust the myth that business isn't personal. Because the truth is, if we are interacting with people, right, people are not uh, hamburgers, right? And that's what I I actually did a, a speech a few years ago where I talked about that. People aren't hamburgers, where you can systematize a system of production to produce an output of some kind of product. But when you're working with people, they are emotional beings. So I love what you said there. And I love the idea of collaboration as the key to being not only able to sustain yourself and your business, but to set up a legacy structure that is set for sustainability and is able to be a legacy. All right. So we have about three minutes left before we are done. It goes so quickly. In the last three minutes, is there something that's on your heart that you feel, because we're going to talk about emotions, that you feel you would love to transmit to our lady listeners around the world, whether it's about entrepreneurship, sustainability, leadership, or even your own spiritual path, please just deliver that into our space now. I absolutely know that it is the time for women. And when we talk about needing connection, like, and I'm not, I don't mean like personally, we need it. I mean, when 
I am a, an 8633 on the Colby assessment. If anybody knows what that is, what it means is that I'm really high on fact finding. I am a researcher. I know my stuff. So when I dive into something like sustainability, which I fell into that hole, and leadership, I am looking at all of the connectivity and the common denominators with high impact, sustainability, leadership of the future. It requires valuing people. It requires connecting because the impact that you have depends on more resources than you can pull together, no matter what that is. It also requires the balance between the feminine and the masculine, everything, those things. And I believe that we're swinging into the feminine right now, but I want to say that don't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Like all of those things that we maybe don't as women, it didn't feel right. Like it was hard, pushy. You're right. Like that was the wrong way to, to do it, to move through business and life. But um, we are also, we have an impact. We are natural connectors. We are natural community gatherers. And we do our best work when we work together. Also, people are watching us and it does not matter what your title is, what your position is, where you're sitting in the community or in business, in your family or your life. Our smaller children, our next generation, even our elders are looking at us for what to do next. Mm -hmm. And what to do next requires us to be true to ourselves first and foremost. Beautiful. You are extraordinary, Mary Pat, and we could spend hours together. However, we are at the end of the episode. So thank you so much for being here today and for reminding us all that we are here to lead and we are here not to lead to conquer, but We are here to lead, to collaborate, and to co-create a sustainable legacy future for our generations to come. And so I'm so grateful for you being here today, Mary Pat. Thank you so much. And listeners, we love feedback. Please let us know what you think of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes. Or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.